Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. We are delighted to welcome to the podcast today, Youth to the People co-founder, Greg Gonzalez, who, along with his cousin, Joe Cloyes, founded Youth to the People in 2015, a pro-grade vegan skincare brand, which is sustainably made in California. Um, On your website, Greg, it says, our family of women were at the heart and soul of the brand, beginning with our grandmother, Eva, who was not only a pioneer in professional grade skincare, but a dominant force in our lives. When our grandmother retired, she passed on the business and work ethic to our aunt, Laurie, and Greg's mum, Lisa, who are our mentors. Today, we continue our family's legacy, which shapes our standard for innovation. So super exciting to have you. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Super excited to be on today. Thanks for having me. Lovely. From sunny California. We've already had the weather chat, obviously, because we're British. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll just uh, move into the really beautiful and wonderful structure that you have um, at Youth to the People and how that came about. So it's a family business of three generations. Um, and I've seen on your Instagram, your beautiful photographs of your grandma, Eva, from the 1960s. I just want you to tell us a little bit about the journey of the business and how it has evolved into youth to the people today. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Joe and I are cousins and we're third generation in beauty. And it did start with our grandmother, the matriarch, um, and just an incredible inspiring, strong, um, and entrepreneur spirit woman. Um, and our family got originally into the beauty space, uh, through hair salons. So, uh, in Philadelphia, they had a hair salon and they moved out to Danville, California and opened up a salon. Um, they started really small one or two chairs and they built that up to 12 to 13 chairs, uh, in the late sixties, early seventies, which was a really fairly big salon at the time. Um, and our grandmother just got super into and passionate about skincare um, and kind of the innovation uh, around skincare and natural botanicals and, and actives was really coming from Europe. And so she started importing a line from Germany. Um, and that was her first step into skincare. They have seven kids, uh, six daughters, wow. five that yeah, five go on to get into the industry as well. And my mom being one of them. So we'll talk about that later. Um, so it was just uh, at that point when she was getting really into skincare, our grandfather actually left her, uh, took everything. Um, they already had all the kids. And now in the 70s, she actually couldn't keep the business because she didn't have a man's signature for the for the for the orders right not that long ago but these are the things that we Mm. we all know and so she actually sold her nice car that she finally got and was like you know what i'm gonna fly to germany i'm gonna work with the chemist uh who now had stopped his partnership with the company she was importing and she made her first skincare line Mm. Um, and so that launched in 1979 that was called images of success which is such an emotive name in itself, right? Yeah. There's some like cool synergies when you think about that name and use to the people. Uh, and it was called Images of Success because 
she wasn't just passionate about the ingredients um, and about the formulas. She was passionate that aesthetics could be a place uh, for entrepreneurship and for women to have their own businesses and be successful. So she did countless seminars on the weekends and she, what she started was one of the first advanced institutes for aesthetics in the US and helped write the first curriculum for aesthetics and like not just cosmetology. So huge pioneer in just sort of the education space and, um, and the business of aesthetics. And so, as I mentioned, yeah, so we grew up in that. We basically grew up in that and we were running around her business, uh, you know, as, as quick as soon as we could walk and growing up and going in and out of school, working there in the summers and my mom owned a hair salon. And so we just spent our whole lives growing up in the industry. I found it such an interesting story. Like, obviously, like your grandma clearly was just I was such a pioneer and it's you know it's saddening this whole story about because she didn't have a man to sign that she had to like lose the business and you're right it's not that long ago um and you know we are so looking as women that's not something we have to deal with but I do find it interesting now that what was um a company that was owned by a woman is now owned by like is run by the two men were there anyone else in your family were there any women that could have done or was it a situation where you generally were like actually we are the only people that can take it on yeah, that's a great question. You know, it really is built with my mom and our Aunt Lori as well. Mm -hmm. So all of the branding and marketing I worked with, you know, my mom and I headed that up. We were still working for the professional line, which is now uh, Eva's Aesthetics after my grandmother. And there's a skincare line called 2L and then a wax line called Baritin. Um, And so they were very much a part. They are partners in this. Okay. So, but they still run that business. So Joe and I had the opportunity to say, okay, we'll go and like, actually run it day to day, but we built it together. And so um, a lot of the formulas and, and concepts around, you know, the products that we made from the beginning, you know, they were a big part of, and we still work, we, we meet weekly with them and go over things that we're doing. Um, so women are still, still a big <laughs> part of the brand. Um, but, you know, I think growing up in the industry, you know, we didn't, we just fell in love with it. You know, I think skincare and beauty is something that and that's why there's such a strong community around it. It's just something you fall in love with and then you can never leave. And so it was just something that came really natural for us to be part of and be the third mm -hmm. generation in our family. I think that's amazing, that passion you have. And and just to touch on this, but, you know, in, in a world of feminism and equality, it works in the other way as well in that it should, you know, for you to feel that um, being founders of this amazing skincare brand is you know, what, what other young men can look up to you and be like, I want to do that. You know, it's, it's kind of working both ways in terms of bringing equality around in the world. So I think that's just really inspirational for any, any young men who are wanting that. So amazing, great stuff. Um, so in just in terms of the brand itself, so obviously like we've been on your socials, um, it's very, um, really resonates. And obviously the name used to the people. And I just wonder if you want to touch on that, like where did that kind of come about? Um, your sort of approach, your branding, your graphics, your imagery is very much for that, for those younger generations. So how did it then sort of evolve into that? It feels like it was a very conscious thing to do. So what, what happened there in that evolution? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a thing that we say to people that ingredients are amused. And so that's why you'll see like the big ingredients on our bottles and they are a driving force, like this heritage of professional grade skincare that estheticians used to use. And now you can get that quality 
Um, and so our family is a big part of it. But for us, the biggest thing, the biggest inspiration for us uh, is people. It's bigger than, you know, our story. It, and so for us, we were, as we were building the brand, we were seeing this collective energy shifting of like consciousness and people really be wanting to know uh, more about the brands that were making their products and, you know, where were they made? Why were they made? Who made them? Uh, I was doing it myself. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I was, we were looking around um, and seeing like, people were like, Hey, like we need to create change. And it starts with us and this idea. And there's definitely a connection to ritual and skincare and sort of the power of, you know, a product that somebody uses when they wake up and when they go to sleep, right. It's such, it's so part of your ritual, which then can, can be part of your mentality day by day that starts to create change. And so that, that's the idea, um, that led to the concept of youth to the people. And so for us, that's bigger than anything. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just kind of thinking about what that thought was for months and months as we built the products out to where we finally kind of like got to the name and we're like, okay, this is, uh, I think this is it. <laughs> it's it. It all sort of aligned with the stars. It all aligned. <laughs> and it's kind of goofy though, because you come up with a name and, you know, it actually, when my mom and I were in the office, working on uh, working on copy for um the banners on the website even though we didn't have a brand name so we had the three products <laughs> we had a cleanser serum and cream and i wrote power to the serum youth to the people and we were just kind of looking at it and my mom like covered up power to the serum and we were just staring at youth to the people and uh, we were like oh shit <laughs> i think we got it <laughs> but then it's it. also like it. but then it's also like brands were you know there's more emotive brands now than there was at the time right this is 2012 mm. right now we see like all these things around you know humans and connectivity and like emotive names but I remember we were kind of pressure testing the name people were like that's kind of long like it's a long name like what youtube people.com so you have to like walk through <laughs> these levels of like no I really think it's good we, we got to do this yeah I'm thinking in my head isn't it too long for a twitter handle that's like my biggest thing with brand names <laughs> i knew you were, this is what i knew you would say. that's actually really funny because we got every single handle full on that was part of the like oh my gosh this is it it was like GoDaddy, 12 dollars for the website instagram was available and then twitter was it was too long so i had to do like I think I did like youth to the PPL and it drove me crazy. I was like, I don't even yeah. know if I can launch this brand. It's going to drive me nuts. I can't. So I know I it's a big me. dilemma. I don't know why it's still such a, and it, with Clubhouse, Sorel is like a Clubhouse queen and she can't have a full name on Clubhouse like Twitter. And it's so frustrating. I, that's frustrating. You want to have your full name and be your full representation. And that is frustrating. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, Twitter. Clubhouse, please listen up and make the... They, they can't extend it now. I think it's very stupid of Clubhouse not to extend it, but I think Twitter will never go back on it now because it'd probably annoy all the people that haven't got a handle they really wanted. But it's definitely my like brand test that you are right. It's quite a long name. And unfortunately, that just from a ease of being able to market yourself, it's just an annoyance that definitely just get on my, like, on my bug bearing. But one of the things you mentioned was about like, conscious consumerism and like how people are more interested about what like what they are using but that does bring challenges and um, greenwashing is a huge challenge within the beauty industry and beyond 
what measures have you to the people taken to ensure that sustainability and supporting the environment is key and why are consumers so important that we educate ourselves about this subject i mean yeah, i think you hit it with that the, the last part which is ed- education I think it's super important for each brand to educate on their point of view um, and not just throw the word sustainability or sustainable out there. Um, you know, Joe and I always say like, you know, we make products, right? This is a, it is creating waste no matter what, right? Where people are consuming our products. And so I think it's about being really transparent and like what aspects are sustainable, how you actually recycle them um and just being transparent and having an open communication and letting people know like what parts you're working on what's getting better what challenges you have i think there's an opportunity for brands now to have a one-on-one conversation with their community um in ways that you never were able to in the past so with that you can take them on your journey and small things matter so for me it's just about transparency um and not throwing words out that you know, are bucketed and this is safer, this is more sustainable, you know, if it's natural, it's better, you know, there's, there's great synthetics that are important for sustainability and better for the skin. So, you know, science is a big part of the conversation along with wellness and natural. So I think it's just every brand, you know, just being as, as much as they can be open with their point of view. I think that's, that's the, that's the best thing. And I think the difference with your brand is that the brand is sustainable and conscious and I think the the issue with greenwashing is that these brands that aren't like that bring out these collections that are just a tiny part of what they do and and they're trying to say you know and and this is where like you said it's about this education because as a consumer we think oh okay we're doing okay here like L'Oreal has got this brand that you know is good for the environment or whatever but actually we're feed we're still feeding this big machine um and I think this is why um we have to find these brands like yours who um everything is fully conscious of the world we live in um you know sustainability everything like that so um it's so key and i think you demonstrate that really well through the way that you know you present the brand as well it's very clear what you do oh thank you yeah i think I, that's the word that i love is like it's, it's conscious conscious creation conscious manufacturing because then you mean you're really being thoughtful of every practice and every step along the way um yeah. and we were you know that's the that was part of why we wanted, why it was really nice to start something from the ground up, like totally from the inception point of being thoughtful of every single thing from the branding to the name, to the purpose and to the glass bottles and post-consumer FOC certified boxes and making everything in California. And so I think it, it allowed for us to just kind of every step of the way be thoughtful of what we were doing. And then as we grow, you know, hopefully bringing in different partnerships and better partnerships that have, you know, great practices as well that align with our values. Yeah, definitely. A hundred, hundred percent. And you talk about mindful activism um, and providing a platform to amplify diverse voices, increase inclusivity and build a more just world, which really 
stuck something something like really triggered within me there like in my heart um as you know free and figuring it out you know we're we're huge on diversity and inclusivity you know as a a black woman and as a queer woman um and we want to see more of this in the world so it's amazing to kind of see what you're doing I just wanted to know have there been any experiences in your lives that have driven your passion to build a more just world through your brand and if you can kind of maybe touch on those a little absolutely yeah i mean i think our biggest dream and goal for youth of the people is to to be a brand that amplifies voices and that stands for something um, that can make a positive impact in our own way on the planet um, and inspire people to kind of reach inside themselves and make that change uh within and then grow with their community. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from just our, our family um, point of view and, you know, being in, you know, super West Coast, California, very progressive family, you know, we just diversity inclusivity was really at the forefront of like what my grandma believed in, uh, our family, our whole entire family. Um, I'm half Mexican. And so I kind of, my own personal journey is kind of interesting because my parents were divorced at nine months. So I had sort of two very different uh, upbringings, my Mexican family in the inner city in San Francisco and my Italian and German side on the East Bay uh, in Oakland and then in also in like Walnut Creek, about an hour out of San Francisco. Um, and so my mom's hair salon, actually, she only did predominantly black hair. So I grew up in that space um, and my mom only dated black guys. And so I really like was influenced uh, by that culture early on. Moving into my first year of high school, my mom actually came out as a lesbian. And so she came out my freshman year in high school. And so then I was the only guy uh, at this all boys Catholic school in San Francisco with my mom and her black girlfriend walking into my baseball game. And people were like, oh, this is different. So I've had, you know, amazing personal influence and I grew up after high school I went to Laney College in Oakland and and it's a very diverse uh you know minority-led uh school so that was really where I was most integrated and touched with uh the inner city um the black community and seeing a lot of the systemic racism that happens firsthand um and forming some of the best and closest friendships in my formative years. And so personally, I'm driven in that way, but Youth of the People is so much bigger than my personal journey. It's really about really about what we see around the world and like finding people that are just really creating change and how, you know, we have our editorial that we work on with our, our, our podcast that we're doing. And it's really all geared about around this topic um, more than it is skincare. I think I need to meet your mom. She sounds amazing. <laughs> she's right. Yeah, she's super she cool. So she inspirational. Pink hair and tattoos. Oh, she's very, very cool. Great. Um, I know. Great. It's no, it's. <laughs> But no, it's, it's, and I know you kind of, it's sometimes it's hard in business, isn't it? You're like, well, that's, you know, what I've been through and, and not necessarily the business. But I think, you know, if we really strip back who we are and what we do, it all comes down to those moments that have changed us as p- 
people doesn't it we can't move away from that and um, I've recently been kind of lecturing in business and I've been surprised how part of those sort of modules have been about things like serendipity and intuition and I was really shocked to see that that was part of the teaching because I'm a huge believer of that you know and, and really kind of getting to our heart and soul and the core of a business but sometimes all we see is the corporate capitalism <laughs> behind yeah, it yeah and yeah. it's so beautiful to be able to integrate them because I don't think they exist without each other if we if we're really really kind of honest um and I always think like Warren Buffett is a great example of someone who is you know very kind of representative of capitalism but also isn't afraid to talk about how his intuition probably leads to most of his investment decisions so I agree it's yeah it's it's interesting to to hear to hear what you said then and um and great to know like a bit more about you and and your background because it's um yeah it's that it's that connection as well isn't it with the with the brand and and what you're buying into and and who you're buying it from you know no matter how big or small that brand is really absolutely and i, I definitely have to give a shout out to my cousin joe on just all the sustainability initiatives um he really does just amazing work around all of that and uh his wife leads up our giving department she's our director of giving and she, she set up all of the you know the three different uh funds that we have and they just do so much amazing work around that. So they're, they're definitely huge drivers on, on bringing that whole concept uh, to life and, and, and injecting it into the brand as well. And I think what's really interesting is like, you're like, well, this is my, like my personal um, experience, but that doesn't impact the brand. But actually I'd argue that it does. And I think so much of the conversations we are now trying to have around like diversity inclusion is like, it does come from the top. And actually the people who are running businesses and like, whether that's massive, you know, multi-conglomerate companies or people that are starting businesses actually you do have power and your experiences does inform some of those choices and actually you know that's what we're I really do believe for us to get to the level of like diversity inclusion we need around the world having more people that are running businesses that have been exposed and do have um, stories and experiences outside of the the status quo is what's going to make the change so it is really nice to have heard your story and I think that definitely will help people to like understand you know that it isn't also then you just pulling it out of thin air as well sometimes I think it can feel nowadays that they're in the same way as greenwashing that it can feel like people are trying to be talk about diversity inclusion just because it's the thing they need to do and there's lots of examples that we could share about that but when it when someone has a real connection in some way shape or form I think it helps it to be more genuine absolutely yeah no it is it is a a, a, it is a you know a topic and it's an important one and, and from that people then are like, oh, okay, like we want to be part of this conversation or we feel like we need to. And so now you have, yeah, a lot of hands and people that come to the conversation. I mean, at the end of the day, it's good. It's good that that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we can do as an organization is create that diversity, inclusivity in, in our organization, right? Like make sure that, and that's something we've been working on heavily the last year and a half is like who in our brand that's put, putting our message outward who's at the table like thinking about that who's deciding on our models like who's around right like who's working on our campaigns who's working on product development do we have a diverse group in product development and and everybody represented like that's that's where we can really create change and that makes our brand that much better right that 
then we can really tell authentic stories and we can really create amazing products. Like we, we are a diverse group is a, is a stronger, better group and more creative group. And so I think once you realize that it makes companies that much better also. Um, and so that's, that's one of the best, the biggest things we can do is, is, is work every day to live it internally so that externally it can be the strongest message to the world. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely agree. Yeah, great stuff. Um, just going back to what you've said, so we, we talked about mindful activism and me and Sherelle feel that a lot of businesses are fearful of bringing activism into their brand um, and kind of would just rather sell the product sell the service they may be an activist in their own life but they need to keep things separate I feel like we've just said we're getting into a world now where that gray area is is getting much more kind of merging with business and personal as you've kind of just you know shown there do you have any sort of advice for people who have a business like yours or wanting to get a business to to your size who want to bring activism into what they do but are just scared of kind of losing customers or offending people but political and social issues are really really key to them as a person and and they want to bring it into their brand any sort of advice there for people who are struggling with that topic yeah I, I would just encourage them to you know if there's something inside them that they're passionate about and they feel the the want and need to let the their community know that you know just to walk through that fear a couple times and see what it feels like right like that's usually like everything in life is like we live under all these fears and then sometimes you do it and you're like oh okay that wasn't that bad or okay i lost it you know quite frankly when we post something socially driven you know we'll we could lose a couple thousand followers you know there's some brands that are just like i'm not we're not doing that but for us it's a bigger message uh that we want and conversation we want to have with our community that you know, that supports us, that's buying our products, that's putting them in their homes, putting that product on their skin. Um, we have a responsibility to share our, our thoughts with them. And, but I, I, I definitely understand, like sometimes I'm a very brand guy too. So it's like, I could see the challenge of like, oh, I didn't build, my brand is even built. My brand's just this light, happy thing. Or like, it's way over here. We're not even anywhere close activism. And so now I'm going to post this thing and everyone's just going to come down on me. Right. And so we also, I have to be empathetic of that too, because we've built a brand that is kind of built around this. So like we come from a more authentic place with the community that's kind of wants to hear that. I mean, of course we have the endless trolls and the, you know, horrible conversations that that go in um I think that's one of the hardest parts too is you know with the team you know reading the comments and like figuring out what to do with that and being really thoughtful of how our team feels about some of the responses and how we so there's there's a lot tied to it but I would just I would say you know start small and test and really see how you feel you know if it's something inside mm -hmm. that you want to say I think we'll be surprised like oh it wasn't that bad like I did lose some people, I lost some, but I gained some. And now the people that really love my brand and now they're telling their friends because they're like, I feel like I want to support this brand even more. Yeah. And I think it's about being authentic, isn't it? I think the more yeah. I'm in business, the more we have this model that we should stick to and that makes us money and all that stuff. And then the more you're in business, the more you can't 
it's not sustainable to hold on to that and you have to let all that shred of it and just get to your core because otherwise it's just exhausting and it doesn't quite align and it doesn't quite click and I think you know you said something and and this is a conversation that I have outside of business but it's uncomfortable like all Mm -hmm. this stuff is uncomfortable and if you really want to make a change, then you're going to have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's kind of as simple as that. Well, it's not as simple as that, but it is, you know. I I couldn't agree anymore. Like we literally in our, one of our little pair, you know, brand mantra paragraphs have, you know, we strive to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, Mm. And so we try to take that to everything we do. Um, A lot of these conversations, they are uncomfortable, but they're, they are therapeutic and, and healthy and and if you are uncomfortable then it's like well why where is that coming from like so we you know it's that's why it's like you got to have the con- i think having the conversations with your team as well and doing the work internally is important part of putting the message out and um we have a, a you know a, a head of people and culture and, and, and a diversity and inclusivity committee and they work really hard at that um to make sure we're having these conversations and education internally um, and we're like, okay, like, here we go. We're going to talk about this and put it out there. Um, but I think that's the being uncomfortable, being comfortable with the uncomfortable is the, is the key to growth. Yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it sure is. And I'm glad that Verity brought it up and that's in your, like, <laughs> already part of your company. That was pure, like, genius I know. I was there. like, that is the phrase. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I honestly we, we, hadn't we, read that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'll have to take Just a picture of, on the inside of our like shipper boxes. Uh, I'll, I'll take a picture and, and send it to you so you can see it. But, yeah, that's really cool. Well, as we mentioned, obviously, you are in L.A. in the sunshine. So as an L.A. brand just about to launch in Uncle Beauty in the U.K., you know, for many people, this is going to be something totally new. So for our listeners who want to be part of your brand and the ethos and they're thinking, what product should they try first and why? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say go with the cleanser first. And, you know, A, because it's just an amazing cleanser that truly works on all skin types, uh, amazing at cleaning pores and keeping skin balanced and healthy. But it's so it's a really nice gel cleanser, but it won't dry your skin out. Um, And I would also say just because, you know, if you can, we just believe in, in, in the power of cleansing, you know, cleansing. Like no matter what you're doing, right? Like no matter where you're at in your journey or routine, like if you're not doing anything right now, if you haven't. So <laughs> you me. A, okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not doing anything, you get a really nice cleanser. Like it will make, it's a game changer. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then also if you're like, I'm all about, you know, my active serums, my vitamin C's, my peptides. It's like, you need to prep your skin properly for those actives. Right. So you want to, you want that canvas to be clean before you start to paint on it. Right. So, yeah. So you, you definitely like the cleanser for us is like, no matter what you're doing. Um, and then after that, if you want to go deep, we've got amazing vitamin C serum called the energy serum. It's like, you know, it's, it's three types of vitamin C and, and caffeine. So you use it in the morning and it's dream mask i mean then you go deeper but let's start with the cleanser no no no, hold on hold on dream mask i feel like that's gonna help with sleep i know this mask i i think yeah is it to help you sleep well you put it on before you sleep okay so you put it on before you sleep so it's like your last step so you could actually like just use the cleanser again if you were going super skin minimal cleanser and dream mask would be like at night 
like if you're not doing anything else. And so the dream mask um, is like four hydrators and it's got super berries. So it has maki, which is the most antioxidant uh, rich fruit in the world, acai, goji, um, prickly pear. Um, and then it also has a really, um, a really quality and, and potent but gentle form of vitamin C called THD ascorbate. So you get a little bit of brightening while you sleep as well. Um, Make it with a glow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hydration and glow while you sleep. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, Sherelle's new Instagram <laughs> stories of a new beauty regime. Now that's going to be something I'm going to look forward to. I got to see it. I'm going to look <laughs> something out for that it. I I keep seeing pictures of is this like mud masks clay clay sorry not mud clay mask thing. Yeah. What's that? Because I just yeah. love I love a good mask. Yeah, thanks for calling. That is our newest launch that I wasn't going to mention. So thank you for making that up. Um, yeah, so the Super Clay uh, Purify Plus Clear Power Mask is one of the things we love about like launching a really uh, active clay mask is that clay masks work. You know, when you when you want to control oil, um, when you have you know one or two breakouts that are coming, or one that's on its way, or you have problematic skin like a clay mask is your can a good one is your savior like for your skin and so we wanted to take the clay mask that's like a tried and true cult classic skew and uh like amplify that with today's active so it has two percent niacinamides which really help with pore refinement and then 0.5 percent salicylic acid so it's gently exfoliating the skin also so what's beautiful about it even if you are not sort of like going after um, a pimple or, or, or oil, um, it's amazing as like a weekly facial treatment that exfoliates and like just preps your skin. And, you know, it's so it, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's really nice to use in terms of the texture, really cool blue color um, from blue green algae. So it, it's been fun to, fun to launch. It sounds like a perfect thing for self-care Sundays. We're all about... <laughs> It is. I actually just did self-care Sunday for the, for YTTP and I definitely went to that one. <laughs> okay. Sold. Great. Love <laughs> it. I'm all over that. <laughs> um, well, before we kind of uh, let you go and I'm not going to mention it again, but have some nice Californian sun. Um, then we want to do our quick fire round. Um, yeah. So are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, good um okay what is the definition of free to you such a good question um for me it's living your true and authentic self nice. thank you quick to the point we like it i know i like it what is your best piece of advice for millennials uh embrace process trust process and like mm. find the joy in process and don't mm. get too far in the goal chasing. Actually, it's, a little, it's advice for myself too. So. Yeah, I think <laughs> but, we, we'll give advice for ourselves, don't we? Yeah, but yeah, it's like um, finding like, find that thing that you love to do, which is usually you enjoy the process. I always think that's like how you find what you love. It's like, how do I find what I love? It's like, would you just get lost in what you're doing and time moves by? And the thing is, once you find that thing, then you're like, oh, I love doing this, but now there's a goal to it. And then you're, you know, then we're like, okay, I'm going to be happy when I get to A. 
Mm-hmm. And you get to A and you're like, well, everything's still kind of the same. Now I'm going to be happy when I get to B. So you put these like things of like happiness goals. And so trying to get into the process and kind of what is happening, I think is a way to, you know, one, be happier in what you're doing and two, like let, one of the most beautiful things of humans is that you just get better at what you do if you do it consistently. And so if you're in that process and it's part of what you do, before you know it, if you do something for two or three years, you're like so much better than you were. um, Mm -hmm. And you've enjoyed that journey more as you go along. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the the process and like being present with it. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm very much a... I'm trying to search for the end goal and I think age has taught me just to just to bring that back to the a a bit more grounding yeah so okay so which resource so it can be a book documentary podcast are you always recommending to people Um, one of my go-tos which actually goes perfectly in line with what we were just speaking to is is the power of now by Eckhart Tolle yeah yeah great book yeah (laughs) yeah very good book okay good stuff and finally what are you still trying to figure out I think just how to live with less ego daily just how to like yeah not have that conversation and that like version of myself that you know that I think is out to the world and sort of that constant uh search of living with less ego and, and being a little bit more present so I think these actually all go in line. Uh, <laughs> I 100% a, feel theme, you on that. I've got a theme going. No, it's it's good though, isn't it? It's um, and I think people can can resonate with that. And I've definitely been having a few talks with my ego recently, and and trying to um, move away or understand it more so yeah no I I I do get that okay well great stuff so um so that's everything for today before we let you go um can you tell everyone um where they can find you kind of where in the UK we can buy your products and also where they can find you as a brand kind of on social as well yeah so we are just as today launched with cult beauty in the UK super thrilled um, years in the making and the, you know, the market and community we've been most excited to launch with. So we're so thrilled to be there. So find us online at Cold Beauty. Uh, and you can also go to our website, youthofpeople.com um, and learn more about the brand. Like I mentioned, get into the editorial and more education there. Um, and then also Instagram at Youth of the People, um, TikTok, Youth of the People, not on Twitter, on not you to the people on, on Twitter though. <laughs> Twitter at you to the PPL, I think. <laughs> Don't go there yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so, so much, Greg. It's been so lovely to connect with you, find out more about you um, and your brand. And I'm sure all of our listeners will be checking you out on Cool Beauty and discovering you on all the socials. So thank you very much for your time and energy today. Thank you. So great to speak with you. Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.